0: Welcome to the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs podcast. This show offers wisdom, inspiration, and tips on how women entrepreneurs build their businesses and how they incorporate mindfulness and spiritual practices to become successful. I'm your host, Martina Thomason, a certified entrepreneur coach. I specialize in helping women entrepreneurs overcome limiting beliefs to get more clients and grow their income. Now, let's jump into today's episode. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs podcast. Today, I am excited to introduce you to Dr. Haley, and she has earned a Bachelor of Science in Biology and Nutrition from Cornell University and attended medical school before becoming a board certified dermatologist in 2004. Dr. Haley was selected as the VIP dermatologist consultant in the US Capitol in Washington DC and has lived and worked all over the US. With her background in nutrition, fitness, and skin science, Dr. Haley understands the true integration of wellness and its effect on skin health. She is sought after for expert advice on many media outlets. including fitness rx magazine bhg shape and o magazine dr haley has also worked on the scientific advisory board of a number of skincare startup companies and consults with many fortune 500 companies sharing her insight on wellness and skin so thank you so much for being here
1: thanks for inviting me martina um yeah so basically what you're saying is that i'm older than you You know, we get to a certain point of our lives, we, we have a lot of stuff that we've done. So I'm happy to share that with your audience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's amazing how much you've managed to do. You know, you look very youthful. So <laughs> it's a testament to your uh, knowledge within wellness and skincare and everything.
1: I think we, if we have a sense of purpose and vitality for life, our energy force is strong and that keeps us youthful, right?
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey to where you're at at the moment. Were you always interested in wellness and skincare or how did you embark on this journey?
1: yeah, I mean, it's a long journey. i I was raised um pretty poor with without much information and uh, ignorant parents who didn't really understand um, health and wellness. They were basically just trying to survive and put food on the table. And I've always been super curious. And um I realized at a young age that what I put in my mouth affected how I felt and how I performed as an athlete. And I've always been interested in challenging myself intellectually and physically. Um, so I, I took that path and you know I buried my head in the books and studied really hard to you know make a better life for myself which I'm grateful that we can right i yeah. I believe I was born in the right place at the right time as a woman where I have opportunities to um, leave, my, leave my station per se, you know, as, as may, it, it may be stated in, you know, other time periods of the world. And um, I just worked really hard. I, I have a lot of grit. I'm not particularly smarter or faster or more talented than anyone else, but I will keep getting up no matter how, time, how many times they get knocked down. And I wanted to be a veterinarian. I love animals. I love children. And um, mostly, I really like dogs. And at Cornell, they have a great pre-vet program. And um, it's mostly farm animals. And I didn't want to take care of farm animals. So I switched over to pediatrics. And I wanted to be a pediatrician and go to medical school. And while I was there, I spent a day in dermatology. And I realized how amazing it was. Well, Before I realized how amazing it was, I didn't really think it was a real doctor. I'm just going to admit that. I thought dermatologists were like pimple poppers. I didn't realize like... (laughs) I didn't realize that the skin is this amazing organ. It's an organ, just like our yeah. liver, our heart, our brain, our kidneys. And the skin is a, um, a visible organ. It's really the only visible organ, you know, except with the exception of the eyes is a visible part of your brain, but the skin is a visible organ. So it reflects your internal health. Yeah. And that's why I went down the road of dermatology. And then, um, As I was doing dermatology, I I always like to have side things. So I'd run marathons or I did fitness competitions. And, you know, I realized that there were gaps in information in different areas. So I tried to fill those gaps by serving and and educating other people. And that's how I became interested in, in that arena of fitness and nutrition and bringing it all together. And then after practicing for almost 20 years, I had so many patients, um, I don't know how it is over in Norway for you or in um, some of your other listeners. I know you have listeners all around the world, but in the United States, a lot of people will seek external treatments to fix things. You know, they they don't really want to look inside and they want to say, oh, I want to have a laser to fix things. And I realized that by being able to take care of people with really unlimited resources, they had as much money as they wanted to spend on cosmetic procedures, that they weren't radiant and they weren't glowing and they weren't getting the results that I wanted them to get unless they incorporated lifestyle measures as well. And that's, you know, exercise, nutrition, but it's also connections. It's the thoughts we put in our head. It's the belief systems we have. And that's why I started my podcast, Radiance Revealed, so that I can kind of congregate and bring everyone together from all aspects and hopefully bring an aha moment to people like, oh, I have the power to you know, emanate beauty, how we define it, you know, or emanate radiance, which I think is even more important. Attraction is more important than, you know, a picture of beauty through, you know, what I can do. And it doesn't
0: have to be expensive. So that, that's kind of part of my journey. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So you really, instead of just looking at the skin uh, in the more, I would say, mainstream way that it has been now, that people just want to look youthful and beautiful, but they just want to fix it as if it is something wrong with their skin rather than looking deeper and inside and figuring out what is causing this.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So when there's a rash or acne, there's usually some sort of a toxin that needs to be purged or some sort of an imbalance of the immune system, whether it's hormonal or stress or plastics or, you know, all the other things that we're exposed to nowadays. So um, putting those things together, we're in the beginning stages of really understanding this, but it's, it's yelling at you. Your skin is yelling at you if it's, you know, if it's misbehaving. (laughs)
0: Yeah, for sure, and it's so fascinating how you are mentioning that you thought that it wasn't really a real doctor, uh, in the beginning before you realized yeah. really what this was. Whereas when we hear about heart surgeons or, or brain surgeons, or they specialize in, you know, intestines or whatever, like, so, oh, that's so, you know, that must be really complicated and, and real important work you're doing. Whereas when you say skin, people just think about uh surfacy sort of just fix up the wrinkles, <laughs> wherever where this is actually the major organ that reveals a lot about our health.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, what you said is true. And that's that's another issue that I want to bring to the forefront is we divide the body. Why? Yeah. Why do we do that? Why do we say, oh, that's a that's a stomach thing or that's a heart thing when it's really all connected. Yeah. So you know everything is connected. And if someone you know there's this sc- the skin gut brain access, and it's yeah. all connected. And if you think about your skin into your mouth, it goes through your guts and then comes out the other side and it's all one big kind of microcosmic orbit, even you know, it just kind of circulates through. Yeah. and it's all connected. it's 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 not separate. So we have to look at it as connected. And um, yeah,
0: I, it's actually um, a little bit on the side of what we're talking about, but I I think that it's really fascinating to mention. I wrote, uh, sorry, I didn't write one. I read an article about Botox and how it affects people's personalities, because uh, when you smile, you use certain muscles and that sends signals to the brain. And likewise, if you hear a really sad story or something that someone is telling you use muscles that trigger you know empathy and that sort of stuff we have these mirror neurons I think yeah that that reflects what other people think and, and that's how we connect so they found that people with Botox that weren't able to use those muscles in the same way appeared less empathetic because they didn't produce the same hormones because they couldn't use the same muscles in their face. Uh, So it's just how incredibly entangled everything is. And, you know, if you want a smoother skin through Botox, you might also throw the empathy slightly out of the
1: window. (laughs) Yeah, it depends. You know, it really depends on how it's done. And I've done Botox on myself for 20 years. I teach courses and I know these studies because I discuss them in the courses because there's such a, there's such a fine line between, um, having, muscle relaxing effects so that your lines smooth out versus yes. freezing the muscles so that you cannot make those micro expressions ah. that are needed for the for the mirror neurons. Okay. Um, so the first study that was done, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago on the frown lines, if you can't make a frown, you can't Um, or you don't send signals back to your brain to be sad. So it can actually help with depression. um, If you do Botox in the frown lines, right. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back to smiling, right. So if you smile with your mouth and not what we call the squinch, if you look at the squinch, which is like that little extra squinch that you do with your eyes, that's not considered an authentic smile. And I know you don't do the video, but like this is a fake smile. And that is a real smile, right? Yeah. Cause you need that squinch. So too much Botox will get rid of those, those, um, small micro, um, you know, it's body language, it's like micro movements. And um, it's the way we communicate through those micro expressions, basically, because we do communicate 70% body language, which is why we're Zoom calling right now, even though this is audio (laughs) for everyone, you know, and even blind people can tell when you're smiling, when you talk, because the whole voice changes when you smile. So um, all of those things are important to keep in mind. And I'm, I'm pro Botox, but it has to be done correctly. So it's a commodity and it's in the hands of someone who does it right. Yeah. Um, But you have to keep those things in mind, because in the chase for smooth, perfect skin, you can lose connections, like you just said. And at the end of the day, connections are all that matter.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so if you want to try Botox, really do your research and go to someone that knows their stuff. (laughs)
1: Less is more.
0: Yeah, amazing. (laughs) All right. So, because this is a podcast for conscious women entrepreneurs, I always want to ask my guests about um, their experience in running a conscious business and how that looks in practice. So, how's that for you?
1: I've had a lot of pathways. My first, I went through medical school, through the military, through the US Navy. So, um, I've run departments in the Navy, but it was always under someone, just like when I worked at the office of the attending physician in at the U.S. Capitol, it was under someone. So I, le- I learned how to run departments and work with people. So working yeah. with people for me was the most challenging thing because if you're a high achiever and you have a lot of grit and you, you're a workhorse, you will always get stuff done. But at the end of the day, when you have a business, if you... Don't know how to motivate people or work with other people well you're not going to get anything done because yeah. it's not just about you at a certain point you have to delegate and trust other people to um, make a successful business go and then um when i le- i was living in hawaii and i set up a practice in colorado and that was my first experience setting up a practice and it was super fun because i was able to create it how i wanted and Everything was environmentally sound and biodegradable and refurbished and resourced. And it was really beautiful. I made the exam rooms however I wanted in my creative way. Like each room had a certain theme, like a Hawaii theme or a mountain theme. I wanted people to feel like um, they were visiting somebody's house and not like they're in a sterile exam room, you know, even though you have to obviously keep it clean. So that was fun for me to be creative. The lessons that I learned from building a business, basically the most important thing is to check in with yourself and have very clear intentions. Know your purpose, go inside yourself and up. Don't look outside to the world of like what you're supposed to do, how you are supposed to be defined because it leads you down a road of, dissatisfaction. So you really have to be true to yourself, go in and up and have very clear intentions and know what your purpose is before you start and then creating a great team. So for me, you know, creating a great team, sometimes people don't work out and it's me. It's not because one person is bad or one person is good. There's just not alignment. So you have to find out once you know your purpose, who you're aligned with, and you will manifest those people into your life. And you'll attract those people into your life. Um, a lesson that I, I was told that I, I followed, and I'm really glad I followed, is don't ever hire anyone that you can't fire. So keep, <laughs> keep the family out of it. Keep your husband's girlfriend out of it, you know, things like that. So don't ever hire anyone that you can't fire, right? Because business yeah. is business at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, continue to check in with yourself regularly. Follow your truth. That's really the most important. Um, and then because I have a service business, I every day I have to come from a place of serving others. So I just, am I serving others, you know, and there's a balance there because you have to have a profitable business. So, you know, everybody that works with you needs to understand it must be profitable because then that will ensure you all have jobs. Right. And, but you still can do that through excellence and serving others, which I think will make your business more profitable.
0: For sure. You really had the experience of working with other people and learning the lesson of delegation. And also you really shouldn't be hiring someone that are dear to you in your private life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. It'll keep people out of out of trouble, you know, especially if they want to maintain the relationship, because as much as you think it's not going to affect your personal life it does you know so it has yeah. to it has to be compartmentalized and kept separate and then i think as a woman a lot of high-powered women have a hard time in their relationships because they're used to be dominating yeah. in their business and very you know when i was in the military i'm a doctor you know i i can be very assert i'm from new york <laughs> i could <can> be very <laughs> assertive and strong and abrupt and you know all of those things and but then when you come home like it's good to take the role of the feminine yeah. you know, and I'm not saying not being natural, but we all have masculine and feminine sides. So yeah. it's important to just surrender and release it and, you know, be feminine with your partner. Yeah. Um, you know, sure. if, if that's the role that you want to play, you know, you don't have to be in that guard dog, like, you know, boss mode all the time. Um, so I sold my practice a couple years ago, about five years ago now. And I moved to Arizona because my mom got sick with cancer. So I wanted to be closer Mm -hmm. to her. So we moved and I sold my practice. And now all I do is consult with other companies. So I consult and I do online telemedicine and things like that. So I don't have employees anymore. I'd say for me, that was the hardest part, trying to keep everyone happy all the time. Yeah, Um, I accumulated a lot of knowledge and now it's time to give back to others and teach.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned that you do consulting for both large companies and startups and everything. So how does that look like on a regular basis? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I have um, a couple I have a couple of projects I, I can't talk about who they're with. They I don't I don't know why that's the rule. <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm told. Um, okay. yeah, and I do everything from um, like a little bit of artificial intelligence to help companies develop I helped Philips a couple of years ago. They were going to launch an app in the nether. Uh, actually they were going to launch it in Germany on like how weather affects your skin. So wow. I don't know what ever happened to it. I just developed content of right. like, you know, today the weather is blah, blah, blah. Your skin type is blah, blah, blah. This is what we recommend. And it was right. that sort of an algorithm. So yeah. I'll do those sort of things. I've had, um, companies who want to start skincare lines, like help me create skincare for them. And then I do, I just do different advising like in the vaccines And that's, that's what I, enjoy doing. I don't really care for being the spokesperson of anything. I I like being in the background. Oh, and then I teach and, you know, things like that, or I'll lecture at different conferences and things like that, just depending on the topic. And I'm getting more into the integrative space and the holistic space because I, that's kind of where I want everyone to kind of just merge, you know? So I was at a biohacking Congress over the weekend in Silicon Valley. It's the first in-person event I've gone to in a year and a half. Yeah. They, they, tested us every day. And it was a group of 50 people. So um, it was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. So were you there to observe the latest research and stuff? Or were you there to collaborate with someone or speak? Or what was their role in it?
1: Yeah, I, I observe. you know, I always like to find out what the newest cutting edge things are. And I was there to support my friend, Chloe Weber. She has a company called Radical Roots, and she's a Chinese herbalist. Wow! So yeah, I was supporting her and, and she was speaking there. So I was not speaking at this one.
0: Okay, how amazing. Has there been any other major lessons that you've had from your journey as an entrepreneur so far, like any obstacles you've overcome or something that other than what we've spoken about that you've overcome?
1: Yeah. I mean, so many obstacles have overcome. I think that don't tell yourself, no, like I I had a good friend in medical school and she said, Oh, I'm not going to apply for dermatology because it's too hard. You have to be really smart and get good grades to get into that specialty. I said, why would you ever tell yourself that? Let someone else tell, you no. like just keep trying. And then when I applied, I remember (laughs) this jerk interviewed me and he said, what happens when you don't get accepted? What? I know. So I guess, you know, my response back then, which I thought was pretty good when I was in my twenties, which, you know, I didn't think much of myself then, but was, well, I'll find out why I'll fix it. And I'll reapply because this is the only thing I'm going to do with my life. So I think if you understand what you want, that's the most important thing is like understanding what you truly want. Because so many of us in this world, we feel like we have to do something, you know, like we're, we're told at a young age, we're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. And the most important thing is to check in with yourself and see if that's really what you want, because you've got to live your life at the end of the day yeah. and believe people are not as affected by you as you think you know like you really you're going to do so much better you're going to create a new position if it's something that you love yeah and the other thing is is I'm I'm almost 50 I'll be 50 this year
0: what and <laughs> can I just take a moment to recognize that I am so surprised just looking at you well, wow I okay. had to say it because I'm yeah. not
1: that you know I've done a lot you know over the years <laughs> things add up so
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so I'll, I know right where did that number come from so I'll be almost 50 this year and the other thing is, is the reason I say that is because it's normal to change careers through your lifetime. Just because I went to school for 24 years to be a dermatologist, I was beating myself up for a few years. Like, why am I not practicing in the clinic every day? So I created this whole other Side project of consulting and advising and teaching and mentoring, and now starting a podcast. And it's a sunk cost. You know, you have to think of like sunk costs, like, well, it really wasn't a sunk cost because I did work and I did help people and I did practice for a long period of time. And now I'm ready to evolve into another area. So just remember, like, it's not your identity, it's something yeah. that you do. It's like Cindy Crawford. I heard her say a quote many years ago. She said, I model, but I am not a model like that's not my identity. So like I work as a dermatologist, but I am not a dermatologist. I'm so much more than that. And so is everyone else. Like we're all, we have, we're multifaceted. We have so many different areas and so many ways to express ourselves and, and different areas of our lives. And if one area is no longer serving you, that's okay. It did serve you and you served others and it's time to move on. So I think that that's something that I've, I've had to overcome. And I think it's a common thing for people to get stuck in a position and not want to move move forward, but you really only have one life. And at the end of the day, like, what do you regret more doing it or not doing it?
0: Yeah, exactly. People get so stuck in identifying with something. Like you say, like I am a dermatologist and I'm a doctor, I'm a surgeon, I'm a lawyer. I I have this thing. I've done it for so many years because I wanted to be an entrepreneur when I was 14. I just didn't know what, like what I would do, but just not identifying with any sort of profession because I've always said that I, yeah, I work with marketing. I'm not a marketer <laughs> or exactly. whatever. And whenever you're presenting yourself to someone at a party, at a get together, whatever people are like, so what do you do? It's, it seems to be the first thing that you're identifying is your profession. Whereas you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, it goes so much deeper than that. And, and if we don't identify with it so deeply as our identity, then it's easier to pivot to the next thing if we feel like that is more aligned with our next transition.
1: Exactly, yeah, we're fluid, you know, we should be fluid, we're not fixed. So um, I think that's important to keep in the back of your mind, especially if you spend a significant amount of time studying or working in a field, it's okay to pivot.
0: Yeah, and I see that a lot in the coaching industry as well, like um, people come from all kinds of backgrounds, you know, finance, lawyers, doctors, whatever, and then they feel fearful that they're taking on this new hat or that they've been wasting so much money on their education or they should stay true to their education where it's like it's okay that it took you this far but now there's other parts of you that gets to shine
1: exactly and it's never a waste you know whether we link it or not that those experience have brought us to this place and they are useful for other endeavors
0: Yeah. So did you ever have resistance towards speaking and living your authentic truth to the world, like your more alternative sides or any of that? Oh yeah. Up until like the last year and a half. Are you kidding? Really? Yeah, this is a new,
1: this is a new phenomenon for me. Yeah. No, I lived in a, I should do this. I should do that. And even before I started my podcast, I went to this wonderful course and, and I remember saying like, well, I've been writing a book for seven years or I thought about doing a podcast, but you know, everyone is already doing that out there. And yeah. I heard the message like, yeah, so what you have a unique voice, like whether Martina says the same thing I say, it's going to sound different and it's going to be, it's going to resonate with different people in different ways. So why not do it? So it's really been new for me in the last year and a half to embrace myself. And, you know, some of that involved a divorce and life transitions and discovering who I am and, um, yeah, it's never too late.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love the the part about having your own voice in it. And I heard this quote, I'm not aiming to be the guru. I am aiming to be a contributor. And then you lift so much pressure off your shoulders because you don't want, you just want to add value with your own voice and contribute to the conversation. And it totally gets picked up differently by hearing it from one angle than the other. Like sometimes it's just the slightest tweak of a sentence that makes it click for someone. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yep. Same with me, same with me. And I could hear the same message five different times to get something different out of it each time, depending on who says it. You yeah.
0: Know? And what mood you're in as well. Like that yeah. also
1: counts in. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah.
0: So awesome. So I want to ask as well, have you ever had a coach on your journey?
1: I have. Yeah. I, I wasn't a big believer in coaches. I think I was pretty stubborn and I lived more in a black <laughs> and white world when I was younger. I was just so headstrong strong, you know, and it worked. Yeah. I had this formula, like I choose what I want to do. I work really hard and sometimes too hard. It doesn't have to even be that hard. And then I get there. But I started working with a couple coaches. I said, okay, I have this money set aside. I think this is the year I'm going to start spending it on me and doing something for me. And that was really hard work. It was very eye opening. Um, I had to take a lot of accountability for things that I was doing that wasn't really serving me. It wasn't in the, my best and highest. Yeah. There was a lot of work being done with that sort of like you, when you coach, you know, you, you give people homework and um, it needs to be done, right. We have to do our work. We can't just, you know, take our stuff and give it to someone else and expect it to come back all pretty. So yeah, I'm a big believer in coaches. I think it helps work through limiting beliefs, um, give a fresh perspective of, you know, someone who's not emotionally tied to you just, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to tell you your BS and like (laughs) face it and let's work through it. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm a big believer in coaches. I I think I'll continue to work with coaches as well.
0: Yeah. Because we're so close to our own problems. It's almost like it's in our peripheral view, but we can't really catch what it is because it's either too close or just in our subconscious mind. Whereas it's really clear to a coach that it's trained to look for bullshit yeah, <laughs> or exactly. limiting p- beliefs.
1: I know. And <laughs> patterns like patterns that may arise in you know, your personal life and your business life that you don't recognize because they're just ingrained. It's how you were raised and all you know. So yeah. how can you break
0: those patterns until you identify them? Yeah. And there's also this um, sort of saying, how you do something is how you do everything. It really tailors into, you know, your patterns and yeah, just your mindset and how improving one part of your life will spill into the other areas of your life. So it's not just in silos. Again, like we're so interconnected in our mind and in how we operate in this world as well as in our body. So we're just this entangled piece of fluent magic. (laughs)
1: I like that. That's true. Yeah. And our skin is kind of draped over the fluid magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, the other phrase, I don't know why this just came to me when you said, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. But um, there's another phrase I use, and this might be good for um, some of your listeners who are entrepreneurs. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Yeah. So like when when I say to my kids, hey, do you want to do blah, blah, blah? And they're like, Maybe I go. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Don't give me maybes, you know. So <laughs> I ask myself often, like, is this a hell yes? And yeah. If, it, if it's not an absolute, hell yes, it's it's really not, it's a no. Yeah, that's It streamlines awesome. things.
0: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It simplifies things. I also love to in- include the body in our decisions. What feels more like relief? Because mm. our body tells us if we're stressed, if we have all these things, it's like, okay, well, how can we sort this out? What options do we have? And what feels the best for you in your body? What feels like relief? Um, that's a
1: good point, especially with friends and relationships. Like, you know, you know, someone is a good match for you when you just feel at peace when you're with them it shouldn't have to feel stressful you know I mean obviously there's always conflicts but (laughs) it should feel it should feel at peace for the most part
0: right yeah for sure awesome so we are getting to the end of this interview and so I had three rapid fire questions that I love to ask my interviewees I'm not very rapid but I'll try (laughs) <laughs> awesome. So, what is your favorite quote?
1: I have so many and I have different ones for different parts of my life. I would say if I had to choose one, it's a Maya Angelou quote. Um she says, "People will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel." Yeah. And that's how I try to walk away from every situation is being true to myself and kind to other people and generous with my heart and I think it's contagious for the world and it's so necessary now
0: for sure. That's one of my favorite quotes as well. It's (laughs) so good. Maya Angelou has so many nice quotes. Yeah.
1: Carl Jung is a a good one too. Yeah. Like I love, um, the meeting of two personalities is like the contact of two chemical substances. If there's any reaction, both are transformed.
0: Wow. I've never heard that. And I am a absolute quote junkie so thank you (laughs) yeah it's nice okay so next question what is the book that has impacted you most in terms of your entrepreneurial journey
1: um because i'm in the service industry my favorite book and and it's for personal reasons and also for professional reasons is the four agreements yes um yeah that's i know i was listening to another one of your podcasts and somebody mentioned grit by angela duckworth and i love that book more for my kids yeah um it's a great book. And I think that's great for entrepreneurs as well. But for me, it's the four agreements. I think, you know, if you can follow those, Everything's just gonna align in this world.
0: Yeah, I've heard about it, but I haven't yet gotten around to to read it.
1: Yeah, there's like be impeccable with your words, always do your best. You know, I'm gonna have to look it up, but there's four main things and he goes into like the Toltec wisdom behind it. And it, it was an aha for me. It was a definite aha for me. I've read it a couple times now. So
0: okay. yeah, I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll put it right on top of my, my reading <laughs> list. Okay, so the last question is what is something that the listeners can do or focus on this week to get them closer to being a successful entrepreneur and living life on their terms.
1: I think the most important first step is what we talked about is checking in with yourself, no one else, what your purpose is, what what sets your heart on fire, what gives yeah. you energy and that chi, that vital life force, that's what you need to decide. And then every everything from there will will flow. So that's the most important thing. Um yeah. So just knowing your truth, you know, don't be afraid because you can create a job that doesn't exist just because it doesn't exist. Doesn't mean you can't create it. Yeah. So that will fall into place and remembering that you have a unique voice. Like we talked about.
0: Yes, for sure. I love that you brought up that it might not actually exist yet because I see that so much. I mean, digital marketing wasn't a thing, you know, 15 years yeah. ago. And here we are, like thanks to technology and maybe there's some new trend that arises and and there's the whole new profession around that. Like we never know. And I also remember a lady that spoke about uh, children and um, how they can unfold. And we never know if they would be an amazing painter if they've never accessed painting before or they they never know if they're a great dancer if they haven't tried dancing before so really just allowing ourselves to to try all these different things and playing, playing I think around that's with important it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, why do we stop playing, you know, and I realized this a few years ago, because when you're a mother, you get your children involved in activities, but we stop as adults. So I learned to mountain bike last year. I learned to ski two years ago. I learned to paint. I wasn't very good at that. I did piano. Like I'm committed to trying something new every year, whether I like it or not, because we don't know. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You don't know what
1: you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, and you can't unknow what you
0: already know. Remember yes. that. <laughs> yes, so true. Awesome. Where can the listeners find you?
1: I have a website, uh, drjenhaley.com, D-R-J-E-N-H-A-L-E-Y, and then Instagram at Dr. Jen Haley and on my podcast Radiance Revealed with Dr. Jen Haley. It's on all the platforms and um, I'll share this this on there as well. So I'm so grateful to, to meet you and to know you. And this has been such a great conversation.
0: Yeah. Amazing. I will link all of those details in the description box as well so that um, you can just go and click on it. So thank you so much for this interview of and course. showing up so brilliantly. So thank you so much for the amazing conversation and yeah, I'm looking forward to releasing our interview. Thanks, Martina. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with anyone who would benefit from listening in. As always, please leave a review. Five stars for good karma. And if you think we need more mindfulness and spirituality in business, if you're interested in coaching with me, head on over to my website and schedule a free discovery call. Finally, if you have any inquiries or you would like to interview me on your show, shoot me an email. Details are in the show notes over at my website, martinathompson.com. Have an amazing week. Cheers, guys.